Hi and welcome to the latest Barnsley Museums podcasts. I'm Michael and I'm going to try and make more of these episodes available in the next few weeks and months as our venues are closed. Now this is probably our longest podcast yet. Um, I just found it really hard to edit it down. The content was that good. So without any further ado, I'm going to hand you over to Stephen Skelly, who's in conversation with Meldike MBE. Uh, okay, it's the 10th of July 2019 and we're in Stain Cross Barnsley. And this is an oral history interview with uh, Mel Dyke, MBE, teacher, author, mentor, educationalist, arts and heritage campaigner, charity worker, and sometimes referred to as Mrs. Barnsley. The list goes on. Uh, my name is Stephen Skelly and I'm uh, the community heritage curator for the museum service in Barnsley. Uh, and on behalf of the museum, thank you for giving me a little bit of your time to share some of your insights. Um, right, I don't know where to start. It's a big story, but I think I'll just ask you... Can I ask you where you when and where you were born and, and what was childhood like? I was born in Barnsley. Um, my father was a miner from a family of miners in Barnsley. And my mother was a weaver from a family of women weavers from Halifax. Um, and dancing was the main occupation in those days. Uh, entertainment, not occupation. Um, and work for women in Barnsley wasn't as available as it became when Barnsley became a producing town, factories and mills and the rest. Um, But my mother used to come because a girl from Barnsley went to work in a weaving mill in Halifax and she boarded with my mother's family. My grandmother took her in my mother had her as a best friend so they became a big part of the life and the the trips between Halifax and Barnsley for my family not my father's brothers they never went to Halifax it was just us because of my mother so I was summer holidays were always in Halifax but the rest of my life was in Barnsley Um, and uh... Could you tell me kind of um, uh, about the town uh, at the time of your childhood? Was it prosperous? Uh, was it, it obviously sounds like a working class background, industrial. Um, it's a semi-rural area. Can you just tell me a bit about the, kind of the, the environment that you grew up in? I went to St Mary's Infant School and St Mary's Girls School as my primary education. Um, and I became aware then that... Whilst there were several girls in my class whose fathers worked down the pit like mine, there were also, there was, the school dentist's daughter was in my class. And um, the daughter of a lady who owned a very posh dress shop in the arcade was in my class. So we had a very mixed society within my group the class I was in for those junior years and then the same when I I got a scholarship we couldn't have paid for me to go to the girls high school as you had to do in those days there were a few scholarships and I was lucky and got one of them so got into a better education and I stayed on for a year after I could have left which my parents thought was very grand um, to take my GCSE, as it was in those days, General Certificate of Secondary Education. And that was the highest thing I ever got. I I left at 16 and got a job. Um, I married in my late, just before I was 20, um, and started a family, as you did in those days, almost immediately. Um, And so did bits of office work for people or books for people that kind of thing um, to earn a bit um, but didn't go out to work until my children went to school full-time and then realized that maybe I'd missed out on something and at that moment a man called Alec Clegg later Sir Alec Clegg had decided that there were lots of people like me in the West Riding, as it was then. Well, Barnsley, of course, we were in the borough, but West Riding girls were in our schools, and I knew many of them were my friends because they lived 
in Gorber or further out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that notion of spreading um, geographically um, became much easier. And Clegg said, it put an article in the Chronicle, I'm nearly sure it said, did we miss you first time round? Should you have been a teacher but weren't? And I actually thought then, because I loved reading to the children, I loved watching them learn and, and moving from stage to stage. And I was unintentionally observing that and really getting a kick out of it with, my, with both my children. And um, so I applied um, to Swinton Day Training College. It was a school in Swinton that they turned into a nine till 4.30 training college so people locally could go, especially women, and if they'd a mother or mother-in-law or a good friend living nearby, get their children to school or on the way or somebody would do it for them, pick them up and have them till they got home, like a, a working mother. Mm. And what, what, what decade was, was this in that you This was the, this, 60s, the 60s, the late uh, mid-60s. Um, and it, I started, I did my first year at Swinton Day Training College, um, but in the meantime, Sir Alec Clegg built Scoresby College on the Doncaster Road, main Do Barnsley Doncaster Road going into Doncaster. And the second two years of my training course, I did there. Um, and that's where it really fired up. They, he was bringing in the people he had observed in schools who were better than most and brought them in to train people how to teach his way, which was in a way what he was thinking and, and, and occasionally saying, we've got the three R's sorted, reading, writing, arithmetic, everybody's doing those with no problems. That goes back, of course, to the earliest education act, working class children being taught literacy and numeracy. But beyond that, he was saying, let's have a look at the, the arts now. Let's see, because don't you learn originally through the arts, you listen to your mummy singing a lullaby. You listen to her or your grandparents reading stories to you. It's literature. You draw, paint, you play with plasticine or sculpt. Um, you dance, you sing. They're the art. And you pretend to be. Jack and Jill, or falling down the hill, or whatever. They are the arts. So if that's how you learn originally, and every child can link into that saying, oh yeah, I can remember, then when do you stop? And you don't, that, that's the point, you don't. You know now, you, you will have seen a film recently, or heard a programme on the radio, or seen something on TV, or been to the theatre, or the ballet, and thought, yeah, that's really impacted on me, and now I can link it, and now that, and, and so on. It's still a spur, it's still a flash of lightning to tone you into wanting to learn some more again. And I've always believed teacher's job isn't to make you learn, it's to make you want to learn. And if you can do that, then you're a good teacher. And certainly Sir Alec Clegg was that. And of course, it, it, if I tell you Alec, Alec Clegg's nephew is David Attenborough, you'll realise what I'm saying more clearly than I can explain it. Because you sit and watch a programme there, and at the end of the hour you think, well, I've been really well entertained. You haven't. You've been educated by stealth. Because <laughs> you find you know something now you never dreamed of learning about. You wouldn't have bothered. Yeah. But he makes it fun. And that's what the Attenborough Clegg thing was about. Richard was making films. I saw his very first film when I was very young. Um, and it was about uh, teddy boys and criminality. He was preaching, teaching, 
learning through teaching through that and we were learning no they're the baddies we should be on the goodies side um, so that family was quite influential and instrumental particularly in Yorkshire but across the entire country they were amazing wow and now of the sculpture park as a legacy precisely yeah that um well, it, it is. I mean, I'm, I did some talks in America a couple of years ago and people in Los Angeles and Washington were talking about Yorkshire Sculpture Park. I, I mean, I had a buzz like you can't believe that. And I said, no, it's, it's only a couple of miles from where I live. And it was that, wow, we know somebody who lives <laughs> crazy. Absolutely crazy. And there are all these amazing places around Barnsley and uh, such a rich culture that's, that's, that's developed and I think it sometimes surprises people what their perception is. Well, they, they've that? got this notion that Barnsley, mining town, working class, not high achievers, but no, we've got... If, if you look, for example, um, at women achieving in the arts... We have Joan Harris, Chocolat, Oscars, Johnny Depp, there on the, to celebrate the work of a woman who came from Barnsley, Joan Harris. Joan Fletcher, the Egyptologist, the BBC's authority on female pharaohs, is a Barnsley girl who actually was told that girls who spoke with a Barnsley accent, which she will not deny, she will not give up, um, and dress in, not like a woman at all, she likes black suits and she looks great in them. They're her. That's instant impact. Everybody knows her when she walks in the room. That's her look. And Absolutely. And she's, as I say, all over the world. They ask for her, including the BBC. Um, but then we, I, I was telling that story once in Cooper Gallery uh, with an audience there, and this voice said, no, you haven't. I said, we've got two women with the same Christian name from this town, and you know, find me a town that can beat that. And she said, no, you haven't, this woman's voice. And I thought, oh my Lord, I've got my, I'm wrong. And she wheeled towards me in a wheelchair. She said, my name's Joanne. And I said, what's your high achievement? Olympic gold medalist, monoskier. Can you believe it? So we're three now, we're three. We've not only the bowler, the batsman, the course director and the umpire in cricket, which no other town can match. I've been trying for years to find a town that can. Dickie's our trunk card in that because nobody can name another umpire. But um, we've got them and they still know where they came from. That's the Barnsley pride. Do you think there's something in... I was say something in the waters. <laughs> they used there's, to say there's, there's something in water. Something in water, <laughs> yeah. Is there something in the town? What, 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 you know, do, is that coincidence? Is it part of the culture and makeup of the town? Is it, is it that the teachers here are, like yourself, are really inspiring? What, what, what is it? I, I think it's all of those things. I think there is an inherent need to show that the town is better than people who don't know it take it to be. And the, the proof's there. Mm -hmm. It's indisputable. I mean, the range of ability as well. Um, the... I did a talk, I can't remember where it was now, somewhere in the Old West Riding, and somebody came up to me afterwards and said, um, have you got that uh, Australian surgeon? So I said, no, I haven't gone as far as Australia. Um, why? And she said, well, Australian of the Year 2006. The only uh, person ever to be Australian of the Year who wasn't born in Australia and the only Australian of the year to be a woman 
and her dad was working down Grimethorpe Pit the day she was born. I said, I don't believe it, who is it? And it, it was, do you remember the Bali nightclub bombings? Um, yes. That, that was the very first terrorist bombing of this age. And Australia sent their best burn surgeon because she had developed this technique of take, taking tiniest part, the white of your nail, mm. flesh, culture growing it for up to five days, then meshing and spraying it on, which was virtually scarless. And it, it, it went viral, went viral. And the first person to recognise her really, so that everybody knew, including me, was Prince Charles, who went out to meet her. You'll have to uh, tell me a name when you can uh, remember, if you can remember uh, her name. Her name is Professor Dr. Fiona Wood. Right, I'm going to. And going I to went, look her up. actually. I got some lectures in, in the US. Um, because I failed geography O level, I've never been very good at working out how far somewhere is. But I got some work in New York and Washington, and then uh, added on to it. UCLA, Los Angeles, and I thought that was very near to Australia, and as I was paid to go to the the first three places, um, I thought, well, I can pay my own fare the rest of the way. Um, and was it worth it? It certainly was. I went into schools in Australia with that woman, and I saw hundreds of children, boys. Teenage boys line up to shake the hand of the Australian of the Year and boast to people as they were going. Wow. Amazing experience. I was absolutely... And you've, you've, you've travelled the world. You've, you've seen, seen a lot of things. Um, that, that was my big trip round it. Yeah. Do, you, do, do, you, do you see kind of you know when you come back to Barnsley where you do talks elsewhere, even just around the UK, you come back to Barnsley. Um, you know, is it always home? Is it oh, something yeah. to be proud about still? Yes. Uh, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look at. I've had the Americans, for example, when they come over here, and they've been many times, still always want to go back and look at the town hall again because they can't, they can't believe how beautiful it is. You stand in Regent Street and look at Barnsley Town Hall. There isn't, a, there isn't a city in this country that can beat it. And the parks and gardens and streets are perfect in this town. You don't see rubbish and that kind of thing. We have to, of course we have teenagers, but we have good teams working for Barnsley that clear it up. Schools that are trying their best to teach them that's not how we behave. Trying to make them civilians mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from the word go. Some areas it works as we lost a lot when we lost the pits because you had that unity, pride in your village, pride in your pit then. Yeah. Um, and is that, that kind of um, obviously filters through generations? It's not exactly poverty leeches mm. through generations uh, you know through through lost opportunities um, and, and, and such um, uh, do you have any thoughts on that in particular yes I, th I think it, miners were a very proud bunch they, they yeah they were they were dirty mm. workers they were, but pit baths improved that image of being able to go and come home looking like anybody else going to work but my early days uh, I've seen my father. He was in what they called his pit muck. Um, there was an honesty and pride in that. Absolutely. And I, I was never ashamed of the fact, I was proud of the fact that my dad worked hard and we could have coal all winter because some families in Barnsley couldn't, even though mining was all around. My, my mother would often give a bucket of coal to our next door neighbour when I was a kid in, in the worst of the winter, especially over Christmas always so that they had a good blazing fire to wake up to. So there was a community cohesion, pride Absolutely. in the past. Yes. Is that still here? Is, is, is it a national uh, issue or uh, do, you think, do you think that still exists? Or is society I, I do in a way. I, I still meet lots of people who are what I call real Barnsley. Um, 
and and they believe in it as well we don't have the industry here that we used to have we have many of course we had Coras, we had gents we had martins that was susan wolf who created all those working sewing creating jobs for women in barnsley which helped get male female equality that women could become earners in good jobs here and then office the Barnsley Technical College was amazing for teaching shorthand and typing it was the best in this part of Yorkshire at that time the shorthand typing I never mastered it um, I did go but I was a waste of space at it I just couldn't do it it's, it's another gift and I don't have it but some of those could take real speed um, and got brilliant jobs then as private secretaries and moved on and out to PAs to really influential people um, and then brought that inspiration and determination back to their cousins and sisters and I think I think that the, I think in what I found out about Barnsley and probably from my own experiences is the power of women and matriarchs in the town and the opportunities for women um how kind of they've, they've been there for quite a while for a lot of women and um you and they've know, taken of, them and they've taken them yes and, yeah yeah i think that that's that step is the difference uh, you can be too you can be too comfy cozy not having to take to you being the little woman is some people's choice and that's great for them but for a lot of people it isn't and I think for a lot of women in the town, with the strikes, uh, you know, make do amend, you know, cliches sometimes, but sometimes not. But they are the linchpins of the community and, and strong and kind of... Oh, without uh, a doubt. And I've never, you know, kind of, there's, there's a very, I don't see many meek housewife type kind of cliches at all. I, I say, no, you won't, I see you strong won't. women in Barnsley you all, won't. everywhere I go. Yeah. You know, not that they're not stand, militant feminists, though. Yeah. They are just strong women. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. And proud. And proud. impressive, yes. There's that thing about, yeah, kind of, uh, kind of talking around Barnsley and, and there's that thing about pride. Uh, you, I, I read in, you know, recent surveys that Yorkshire's the, the kind of, uh, has the, the, the strongest cultural identity um, of anywhere in England. Uh, um, you know, next place is Wales, almost as close. Um, Another mining. Uh, and, uh, and then, and I think in Yorkshire, kind of Barnsley folk are so proud of, of Barnsley kind of and and I suppose that comes out of all that. Have you got any thoughts on that? Any any more anything else you Well no, I think say? it's absolutely the case. If you look Barnsley you know, Barnsley it was nineteen twelve but Barnsley did win the FA Cup once. Um, my father was alive then. Um and he I don't I think he wouldn't be old enough, but it, his father was old enough to make him proud of it and it's gone through even my great grandson is aware that Barnsley had the best team at, at one time and look you ask anybody now still who, who is the most honest footballer you've ever seen on TV as a manager or as a player or what and nine out of ten will still say Mick McCarthy Barnsley football. He was taught to play football by nuns at Worsborough Catholic School. It's, you, only Barnsley could have a story, not make it up, have a story like that. And he was, I've never met anybody, whether they were in the losing team or not, who didn't respect Mick McCarthy. And um, could it, could just just to kind of change the tact a little bit, or kind of the kind of uh, uh, going back to kind of your childhood in in the town, um, we're kind of doing a lot of research at the moment on kind of World War Two and the impact of that. Now, can you remember the end of the war rationing period as, as yes, a child? Yes, just I, uh, I, I, you, think I, you must have just caught the couldn't have as many sweets as I liked, and my reason for that was a lot of miners chewed tobacco. Um, to keep saliva flowing because it's a dusty, you know, I, I never understood till I went down a pit with a group of children from school. I was horrified. Um, and the conditions had improved then, which is why they let children go down. To think what it was like when my father and his brothers were working there is, is unbelievable. Um, so my father chewed um, chewing gum. 
uh, he didn't like to chew tobacco um, so our sweet coupons whilst most children had their parents sweetie ration I knew that my dad needed his to go to work um, and it never occurred to me until I talked about it some what 20 years ago and I suddenly thought yeah that that was me in, in an unknowing way supporting what rationing meant. Did, did, uh, do you think the war had any impact on your life? N not as much as on my best friend in Halifax, because her father was away in the war. My father was, we had to, we'd gone to live in Halifax, but had to come back when Churchill said, we need more miners to dig the coal. So we had to come back from Halifax um, or I, I wouldn't have even been back in Barnsley. I would have grown up there, up on Bailey Hall Bank, going to St Michael's Church up the hill there with the old lady who looked after me while my mother went back to working in the mills. So there you go, World War Two is Barnsley's game. Exactly. <laughs> we, got, we got you back. Well, well, it was, in a way, it was our game, because I do love Barnsley, I always had. All my cousins, well, all, all the Spearside, of the family were here in Barnes and the distaff side were over in weaving in Halifax. And do you think, uh, sorry to kind of ask about the war, the war still kind of, but do you, do you think kind of, uh, because a lot of people mined in, in Barnsley and, you know, kind of more, more people were mining here, it was a protected kind of um, occupation is the word. Um, do, do, you, do you think people were proud of that? Do you think people felt a bit more distanced from the war or anything like that? Do you know, have any thoughts on that at all? I have one story which I rarely tell, but you've just pressed a button in my head. Um, when I went to the high school, on, on as I say, a scholarship, um, the, the for, there were five forms, I think, A, Alpha, B, C, D. Uh, and I was in Alpha. And I, I was once in assembly, sitting on the end seat, and I won't name the teacher, she was high ranking, but she was talking to somebody who was a visitor and said, A and Alpha, are they, is that, um, she said, well, Alpha's mainly minus children. Um, they couldn't afford to pay, um, but they won a scholarship. And I thought, what's, I can remember thinking as an 11 year old, What's minors' children got to do with it? And I think it was the first time I realised that they were probably not being rated as highly as people who didn't work underground. Um, and it was a bit of a shock. But, but, but I went home and told my mother and she said, uh, oh, well, I wouldn't listen to her. It's, uh, it's a mistake, I think. Mm. And I took it, but I've never forgotten it. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I was pleased to see and hear people like Arthur saying miners did their bit in the war. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me a bit about Arthur Scargill and because uh, you were you were you were friends with him? Uh, could you could you tell me about? I, how no, I, you I wrote about Arthur as as being one who gained more recognition and quality of work. Um, and remuneration and yeah he, he for the miners he did more maybe yeah okay and um, um, could you tell me um, a bit more about we'll go into kind of teaching now I suppose uh, kind of cause I think that's the being the backbone of, of, of it's been the, the bulk of my working life yes could, could you could you tell me about um, what it felt be, you talked about college and that was really sparked your imagination and Ooh, your yeah. thirst for learning. Um, what, what, what did it feel like on the first day to just say, I am a, I am a teacher? You know, what was that like? Can you remember that day? I can. It was Lawrence Briggs Infant School on Othersley Estate. Um, and I'd got the incoming five-year-olds. Um, and I, I just loved it. It was... It was like a big, like having an enormous family. Um, and I can still remember some of those children um, 
Harry, for example, white blonde haired Harry, sharp as a tack. I wonder, I'd love to know where Harry is now and who he's impressing now, because he will be. Because he, he hit my button from day one, I knew that lad was going somewhere. Um, but yes, it, 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 it was exciting to think you were able to help. Um, and maybe interested them in things they hadn't ever thought was available to them. Raise aspirations, I mean it's a rather grand term, raising aspirations. But in a way it's what we were trying to do. And there were some great staff on Othersley in those days. Um, the councillors were building, I mean the, the schools were named, Edward Sheerian and Lawrence Briggs were named after local people who were doing their best to make it happen. And it, it was at that stage that we had people succeeding in Barnsley who I was able to bring into schools and say, you've seen this person on the telly, oh, and that was of course, it, it was a god instantly. Or, she was. If, if you've seen them on the telly, they're amazing, mm -hmm. back in those days. Um, but it was relatively easy to do in Barnsley because of the wealth of high achievers that we had. And it's become increasingly so, as those youngsters have grown up and told their children to do it. And I'm sure that's happening now. Look at Barnsley Youth Choir. World champions. Can you believe that? Look, I've, I've got... This is, now here is a show-off for you. I've got a note from David Attenborough to Barnsley Youth Choir saying how proud his uncle, Sir Alec Clegg, would have been of them for making Barnsley world champions. You can imagine what those kids' faces were. One child actually asked if he could hold my phone because the message was on it. Mm. You know, that's, wow. that's the, as near as he was going to get, bless him. Yeah. But, you know, that's amazing. And, and that they still have that sense of awe and wonder mm. about somebody who is the ultimate mm. in mm. their given job mm. or chosen career. Yeah, I think he really cuts through to the totally, generation. He has that, well, that gift. He's, he's again, he's teaching by stealth. Mm. Yeah. He just grabs you. You, you've never heard him say anything wrong about anybody and you'll never forget some of the things you've learned from listening to him. But that's what Alec Clegg was saying. Let's get this atmosphere, not you sit, I speak, you listen, I chalk. It's not that, it's an interaction. It's the making you want to hear, making you want to know more so that you go to the library with your mum or on your own or whatever. And you mentioned the, the kind of arts in a, in a broad sense as being kind of, um, you know, kind of essential, really. Well, we've all done it. We've all done that scribbling that we call drawing. You've drawn a, p p p a round circle with a long stick down and two longer sticks going to the floor with maybe five little sticks on the bottom of it and two sticks coming out with five little sticks on that as well. You started like that. Ashley Jackson started like that, but he learned, and obviously had the inherent talent, but learned to um, create and become one of the most famous um, uh, painters of m my generation, certainly. I mean, the royal family have several um, Ashley Jacksons in their collection. Unbelievable. Could you tell me about your involvement with the youth choir? Were, were, you, uh, were you a fundraiser, a campaigner for it? Uh, well, I am now a fundraiser, <laughs> I can, if I can. Um, but I'd, I taught at Bretton Hall when, um, I'd, I'd, as I say, I started with four to five-year-olds and finished up with 35-year-olds. <laughs> um, so I've, I've, I've worked my way through the entire system, so I'm, I'm expert in nothing actually, because I'm too broadly spread. Um, but um, I was invited by Sir Alec Clegg to, to, to teach at Bretton Hall, which was the greatest honour in my life, um, because it really was buzzing, absolutely buzzing. The, the teaching of teaching there was superb, so much so that univer the University of Leeds, which was no mean creature, 
in its day was the one that finally bought Bretton Hall but sadly they closed it because it was the beauty of the surroundings and the sheer inspiration of the people in there that made us learn as we did out there, the Clegway. And lots of uh, famous uh, students have uh, come out of Bretton. I was just a couple of months ago went down to see John Godber's new play opening in the West End. Uh, if you've ever heard their play uh, or seen their play, it started with a kiss. It started with a kiss when they were both students at Bretton Hall. I've seen it in Sheffield. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, you know, so John Gobber obviously is, is one of the people who, who still keeps in yeah. touch, still says, we're doing this, we're doing that. And their daughter is now writing plays. You've got Richard O'Brien, who wrote the Rocky Horror Show. Exactly. You've got, and, and then the League of Gentlemen. Le two of the that. League of Gentlemen were at Bretton. Yeah. Um, I don't remember teaching either of them. I hope I didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a very dark sense of humour, no. but ex excellent in the field. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In the, yes, in their field, they're, they're on the top mm -hmm. level. But they're everywhere. Yeah. And have you kind of, um, so if you, kind of, you mentioned that about Bretton being the kind of Alec Clegway, and that's the way you taught. Um, kind of, uh, could you tell me, kind of, in, in between there, what, what, what other areas have you taught in? You were a head teacher as well, weren't you? Uh, I was an acting head, uh, briefly. Um, I was a deputy head for mm -hmm. most of my teaching life. Mm -hmm. um, got there very quickly because I, I moved into secondary education mm -hmm. when I had um, a problem with stairs. I had an accident that meant I couldn't walk upstairs very easily. And of course, all schools, no school had a lift in those days. They do now, but they didn't in those days. Um, so I couldn't work in a secondary school um, unless it had prefabs and that's the job I got at Darton High School, the head there said well you, you teach at lower school, you were trained to teach infants, we're taking pupils in at 11 who are still not reading fluently so if you can sort that I'll give, we'll call it special needs and I said no I don't like special needs and I don't like telling people they're special for the wrong reason let's call it individual needs and we'll, we'll go for that and we did and we opened the first individual needs unit so that there were kids who were brilliant at maths but couldn't spell properly yet or whatever um, and they were in smaller groups, so you could concentrate. There weren't groups of 40 or 30. You could concentrate, give them more attention. That was Horace Crowther who brought that to Darton High School, lower department. And by the time, no child left without being able to read um, in those. And that was an achievement. Fantastic. Because we had some seriously um, behind children. Mm -hmm. uh, but the. the spending of the money on that because previously it had gone to develop the high flyers to get into Oxbridge mm -hmm. that was what they thought it was for and most authorities were doing that mm -hmm. but Barnsley was early to spot yeah well, what do you think about like the policy around kind of uh, you know is it meritocracy is the right way is is the right way to kind of uh, fund uh, kind of extra needs in in, in classes um, is it a mixture? What, what, what are your thoughts on the politics of education? Find the greatest need and support it as well as you can in as many ways as you can. For some people it could be taking them camping or on trips to help develop their own self-assurance or a wider perspective. Barnsley used to be quite insular. Um, I mean, going to Blackpool was about the biggest trip anybody ever had in my childhood, or Scarborough. Um, but when you, you, you know, schools are going abroad now, to, to children speaking the language as going abroad, and taking Barnsley dialect with them, which is pure Viking. You know, I can remember as a child, people being saying, what are you ligging about for? Ligging about. L-I-G-G-A-N is the Danish word pronounced lying for lying idle. A ship that has sunk is lying on the ocean it's doing nothing. It's ligging. On the floor, ligging about. <laughs> <laughs> and laking, L-A-I-K-A-N, Lego, 
is the Danish for late good. Enjoy playing. So if a, if a miner had a late day, he was having a day off. He was playing about, he wasn't going into work. So that's in our dialect. We know the Vikings were here. And of course up the road, not that far away, we've got Denbydale. Denbydale. The borough, the, the little village of the Danes in the Dale. And it was my Danish friend who taught me, I'd, I'd lived here all my life and never worked it out. He said, you, n you never said we were here. So I said, no, we've never been here, but I'm not brought... No, it's not me and you. We. This is our language. That man has just said, you were ligging about. I know what that means. It's not English, but I know what it means. So our accent is... Yes, is, our is, dialect. Is, is ancient. Yeah, and our flat vowels. And he says to me, you don't say oh, you say oh, like in Ordenser, which is spelt with an A, uh, with an O, but pronounced Ordenser. So the, 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 the dialects there as well. That is fascinating. Maybe that and comes... the red hair, he told me. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's quite a few red hairs in my family. My uh, grandmother, um, one of my mother's sisters, um, I, w my daughter and my son, my one of my grandchildren and now my great-grandson have all, thank goodness, got what I'm reliably informed was the Danish hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's lots of Danish hair. Believe it hair. if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's lots of Danish hair about. Maybe this is another reason why it, uh, there's something in the waters. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's another reason towards that. Um, um, just just on the school thing as well, um, just, just to kind of bring up any kind of imagery or memories in particular, can you remember any students or any any day in school, any students or day in school where whereas you've had a particular kind of nice memory? Can you remember kind of anything kind of uh, about your teaching career? Anything a student did that that kind of surprised or wondered you? Any any day where you went, yeah, I'm glad I'm a teacher. Any any can you think? Oh, of that was nearly every day. <laughs> Seriously, that was nearly every day that you saw a light go on that hadn't been there before. Or somebody who could, for example, dance better, sing better, draw, paint, act better than oneself. That was always thought, wow, what can I do to help this? I mean, one of the... I um, always believe that children don't like to look as if they like being rewarded but they do and w one of the schools i was at um i'd said we're getting children in and we did this at darton but then i went to kendry and they weren't doing it there bringing the last year of juniors into the secondary school before they arrived as students. So they knew how big it was. They weren't scared of the size, as some children were, and how many people were there instead of their little primary school. And it was one such child who came on that visit and then came as a student, as a, a learner in the school there. Um, who reminded me of that and how much it had eased his entry into the secondary school. And that child is now the artistic coordinator at the Royal Ballet in London and was for many years lead male dancer there, but now says he's too old to be a prince. So last time I saw him he was playing the dame the witch, La Malgade, he was the, the old dame. Could we, uh, could, could we talk also about, um, I mean, this, this just seems like I need more than one interview to co cover all the things you've done, poly polymath. I've uh, rattled on too much. No, you there. don't. It, it's kind of, it's, can you tell me about your writing? When, when did you get into writing? Was that later? And, 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 and what do you write about? What interests you? 
I, I write about the people that I think have made this town as great as it is. Um, I was always impressed by saying Brian Glover comes from Barnsley, whether as a wrestler or an actor. He's still a Barnsley man. And he was my generation, of course. Um, and a teacher. A, a teacher, was a wonderful teacher, yes. Because um, he just had... I mean, you can't imagine two more different skills, can you, than grabbing children by the brain and drawing them to you and strangling them or twisting their arms up the back or whatever. But... Um, no, they're just so diverse and many that it was, I, as I say, something water and we weren't getting the right kind of publicity. So I thought, I'm going to collect a few of these so I can say, I put all this down in writing and then Barnsley Chronicle is as, as great a newspaper as any. Sheffield Star, because it's got a Barnsley, did have a couple of Barnsley lads working on it. They were amazing. It, I mean, if I tell you that Billy Joel was given a copy of one of my books, the Grimethorpe book, because, do you know Billy Joel's song, Allentown? No, sorry. Well, we're living here in Allentown but they're closing all the factories down. And the teachers said, if you're good, if you behave, if you learn, but we're living here in Allentown and there ain't no jobs around. And I did that as an assembly in Grimethorpe and said, this is Allentown folks. And those kids immediately, I wouldn't have called them kids then, but I do now. Um, they knew what was being said, and their parents knew what was being said. And they, it became, and it, this was at the time of the pit closures, and Grime thought pit was going. Not only all the men, who were either managers, under-managers, um, office workers, the miners, the mothers were dinner ladies, cleaners, private secretaries, shorthand typists, comptometer operators, because we didn't have computers then, so there were nearly as many women working as men in the Grimethorpe and pit, all pit areas when the pits were closed. But those kids had to believe that there was still hope and it didn't seem like it. And I've, I think, I, I don't call it name dropping, I call it role modelling. And I did an assembly. You tell me who you think is the, the person you would like to be, who you'd really want to follow the footsteps of. And I will write and ask them if they will write back and help us to try and keep the school open, or the, the pit open. Um, and it was amazing. I've, I've, I'll show you later. I've books um, in there, photos of the people who, they, and the amazing, one boy in that assembly put his hand up and I said, well, I want to hear from you, you're a brave boy. And I said, who's your female hero? He said, my mum. I said, and why is your mum as famous as these television and film stars that these people are talking about? And he said, because there's six on us and my dad's gone and I, she works. But I know, six o'clock, there'll be dinner on a table for us tonight. And I said, oh, she's coming on. There's no doubt. That is a heroine. Yeah. And that really seemed to power them up. Um, and, and what I loved was that that boy had the confidence. I don't care what you think about me saying this. She is great. And he, he taught more than I taught that day. That he, boy. He, he was right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they were listening more than they were listening to me. I don't care. That message got through. And we got some amazing... I've still got one from... Oh, I'm losing a name again. 
Right. <laughs> the, 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 Katie Oxo, as he called her, I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you now. Mm -hmm. She wrote, and two weeks before she died, she wrote to me. I've still got the letter in there saying, don't let go of those children, Mel. Mm -hmm. I can't help you anymore, but stay with them. And what um, what what do you think about the children of Barnsley today? Do you think kind of they have different pressures in life than than, than in the seventies or? Yes, yes, I think, but it it's not just Barnsley. Mm. All children do. I mean, TV, but more importantly, mobile phones. They're the the devil behind the curtain at the moment. They, they're a great invention. They'll, they'll save lives. If you need emergency help or just to keep in touch as I do with my grandchildren. I have a granddaughter in America and I get a WhatsApp from her two or three times a week. This is what I'm... It's as if she's not over there. She's near enough for me to be able to see and all of that. But they're also an open door for the wrong kind of approaches and mind-setting that we could do without. I don't know. Um, we used to have much stricter certification of even films, that you couldn't go into a certain film if you were below an age. Um, and we've lo we seem to have lost most of that now. Um, and certainly, if you can't get into a cinema, then you can watch it on TV later. And I think there's something in that the internet, you, you're one step away, so people sometimes say what they want, and it can be sometimes a little bit cruel. It's a threat to innocence and protection, I think, mm -hmm. without a doubt. But that's a pretty strong view mm -hmm. to hold. Um, and I think as you get older, you get more protective. You know, you're more prot I'm more protective as a great granny than I was as a granny, <laughs> than I was as a mother. Uh, do you think some of the technological changes in Barnsley and the world, do, do they amaze you? Do they, do you oh, so, yeah, well, anybody, I think. If you think, I used to stand with two big brown pennies in my hand, copper one penny in my hand in Dodworth Road to make a phone call to ring for a doctor, if needed, when I was a child. And now I can pick that up and do it from here. Um, that's a, a revolution of interconnection and also a threat. The good and the bad. It like, is, like all the, things. Like the last revolution, the industrial one, has its good side and it's it's bad, it's exactly. ills, it's great evils. Yeah. But uh, nothing comes either totally evil or to well, rarely. Yeah. Or totally beneficial. Mm. That somebody will always find a chink and take the good and put in some you know, open a bad door. Everything is a, a, a grey mix. It's vulnerable. Yeah. Mm. Um and can I just going back to your books and uh, uh Kind of, could you tell me a little bit about? Uh, um, you you write a lot about heritage as as well as as, as kind of aspirational people and 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 the, of, the, of the, the, the landscape of the town. The proud, how proud we should be, because mm. it is it's a beautiful area. Mm. I, my American friends, when they came over here, once because they wanted to come and see this town that I was making all this shout about, um, that. They said, as you can see, they said, never realised it was such a lovely wooded area. So I said, where do you think coal comes from? And it's fallen wood, of course, isn't it? It's <laughs> so, it, we, you, that's what it is, you know, it, it looks beautiful, but it led to a lot of less beautiful lives in some ways. But when miners were able to move up the scale instead of just being what they originally were, um, a lot of bright people came from mining families. A lot of Derek Robinson from Barnsley, who I've talked to you about already, was Mandela's 
choice of economist to set up a wages and incomes policy for the whole of black and white South Africa. And Derek Robinson left Barnsley Grammar School at the age of 16, but self-educated, went to Ruskin Trade Union College, and then finished up doing some lectures there, as well as being Fellow of Magdalen College, Oxford. They're, they're everywhere. The high flyers, at the highest level, as I say, the real Billy Elliot, you see him do a leap in his day, and there's nobody flies higher. Um, they, they are amazing, and it is this toughness of spirit, what used to be physical toughness, has now sort of bred itself into a mental toughness. That may be me fantasising, I don't know, but I like to believe it, and there's so much evidence. You've got to believe some of it, right? Well, I think you're quite right, yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean, look at the... Dor Dorothy Hyman. <laughs> yeah. Look at her. Olympic gold medalist. All that time ago. Unbelievable. Mm. An amazing woman. We did... Um, it was one of the Prime Ministers gave money for educational development. Um, I won't name him because I don't want to give him any credit because he didn't actually contribute to it in any way except introducing the opportunity to win money to do courses. And that was the first time I did um, a course at Bretton Hall where I was working at that time for children from mining areas which was at that time losing its impetus and to get those famous people to come back and inspire the children personally to say I did it not not just me talking about them doing it but them actually standing there and saying how much better than you am I do you think well I'm not work as hard have as much luck do this do that don't 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 and you could see them hanging on every word it was I learned more than the kids did Maybe I didn't, because they're still doing it. <laughs> I think you're, we're all still learning, I'm sure. Well, I, so, I hope I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And could could you tell me about your, your, your you know, looking back on your career, kind of uh, any any highlights? Any any thought it's all been a highlight to me, but <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, it's a bit of a backward highlight. You couldn't do it now, actually. I mean, I've taught people in postgraduate courses, both here and in America, who've got three degrees. I haven't got one. I've got Alec Clegg's Advanced Main Certificate of Education, which I would argue, at the time, taught more about teaching than many do today. But it's still not a degree. I'm a walking oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. And I suppose in teaching, the little just switching on the light bulb in a child is is as much of a highlight as doing a big talk at a posh do. In that, oh, it's better. When you when you see that child know it and do it, that's the day you go home thinking. I'm having a glass of wine tonight, it's celebration day today. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. That youngster. I mean, that we got, as I say, children coming in who couldn't read at 11, mm. but went out mm. to jobs. And at, uh, another thing, and it was a child who taught it to me. When I took that first party of children down the pit, there was this great notice on the wall, and it, I can't tell it to you, I could read it to you. Um, no unauthorised material or contraband is permitted beyond this point. Da, 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 da. In the original Victorian literate English of the time from the 1800s was still the safety notice down a pit and one young lad from Woolly Colliery said to me what's that say miss and I said 
no smoking past here. He said, is that what it says? I said, no, it says all of that, but what it means is no smoking past here. And he said, why don't they put that? And I thought, why don't they? Um, and that's when I went back and drew up a reading scheme based on words. And then I flashcard taught them as they'd learnt to do when they were younger, but said, this is for your miners' job. If you want to learn this, this is the way to learn it. Look at this pattern of letters, spell it out if we need to, this is how we're going to do it. And they got, Ian Barr was manager at Woolley Colliery, he said if they can, they used to say, he could have got a job down pit, but he couldn't read safety notices. And they thought that was funny, it was a bad joke. But Ian Barr agreed with me, it wasn't funny. He said, some of our best hewers are stronger in arm than anywhere, and legs than anywhere else. And it's not clever to write things in a stupid, over-convoluted way anyway. But laws regulate by using that kind of language, don't they? All you've got to do is simplify the text teach it and then they know what it means. I think it's like lawyer speak, it's a control thing. It's exactly. Like we know the secret language and you don't so you're not as clever as yes. us. It's our club and not yours. Precisely. And that's what Ian Barr said, that if they can read the notices, nobody can stop them coming in. If it, and you recommend them, they'll be in here, I'll tell you now. And with more kids working in pits from Dart, which were good jobs in those mm. days, they were just coming up with the good money and more safety and it was a be and better future potential as well. Yeah, I th in the later years of the pits, the money was relatively co quite good. I mean, my dad was on, uh, you know, £450 a week in 1980. That was a lot of money. It was a lot of money, but it was well earned. Oh, 12, yeah. hour, 12 hours on a pit face. Exactly. Uh, um, you know, and, and I'm sure it shortens yeah. your life. It shortened my granddad's, I'm sure. Oh, it did my dad's and all his brothers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, if if they kind of a bit of a, I think I don't know if this is a bit of a silly question, but um, I'll tell you if it is. I think it is. I think it's a bit of a cheesy one that I just added at the end. <laughs> I'm going to read it anyway. I love uh, cheese. If you could, if you could give yourself, um, uh, I, I suppose, like looking back, uh, could could you, if you could give yourself a piece of advice when you were starting out as a, as a. a as a as a person in in Barnsley, kind of what what advice would you give yourself? I'd I'd give myself two pieces of advice. One is listen more than speak and put it into practice. Because you do, it is absolutely true, you learn more from the children about how to teach them than any amount of book, re I'll sh show you my library in there, books on education. You know, I, c I could stand on the roof of this house if, uh, if I stood on a pile as high as they are. But it's, it's from, is the, it's, Consumer feedback, isn't it? It's what I worked for. Which, which got successful internationally by listening to what consumers were saying about goods, and it, that helped me as well in teaching. Listen to what they want to buy, and stop trying to flog them something that went out of fashion, however many years ago. But um, it's, and Barnsley was one of the first consumer groups in the country. It was um, London, um, Oxford, Cambridge, and a guy in Leeds started one up that I don't think progressed as well. And that's when my sister-in-law, who founded the Oxford one, said, look, you've got the biggest open air market in the country. You've got people who might not be there next week to go back with your rights under the Sale of Goods Act 1893. Yeah. So you need to be teaching the kids this. 
so they can teach their parents. And that, in, in a sense, that was probably one of my luckiest breaks because that was revolutionary. Um, teaching, and it's how I got to do talks originally about what you couldn't, couldn't do. And uh, what's coming up on the, 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 the horizon for you? Any nice holidays, any projects? What, 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 what's, what's on your mind now? Um, I'm slowing down a lot now. I'm, I'm, I'm not as capable as I was to... No, I, I don't think I am. I know I'm not. I don't write as well. Uh, I'm not going to write another book. I know it not be as what I call acceptable. It's the books I've already written, so there's, I don't see the point in going in to something I can't do as well as I used to. I mean, you wouldn't enter a relay race if you thought you couldn't run as fast as you used to. So it makes sense. It's not, I'm not being coy or twee or anything. I'm just recognising, as G my GP said, you know, you, you remember how old you are and live like it. You've done it, though. <laughs> well, I'm still hanging on. I've got long nails, as you'll have noticed. I'm still clawed in there. But, um, no, it's my job, and it's a part-time, I have a lot of time off, um, is finding and passing on the news of people who are still doing it from this town. As I say, Barnsley Youth mm. Choir. Who would have believed that the final year, how, how good is God, and I mean that, that the last year of students at Bretton Hall be trained to be teachers is the year that Matt Wright was in. And he was, by sheer good or bad luck, depending who you are and how you look at it. I visited him on both his placements on Athersley Estate. I shouldn't have done, but I was sent by first Bretton Hall, which was then taken over by the University of Leeds, and then by the University of Leeds for the second visit to a different school, which they didn't realise had become one of the two schools combined. So he had the same link tutor, me, going into the same base tutor in school. And Matt always has said it was the confidence of that year-long relationship he thinks helped him. I don't agree. I think he would have made the success he is in creating that choir with that amazing Keith Norton who was his tutor there. They're the two that get the credit. I was the one who ticked the boxes. That's, you know, I'm the usherette. I'm not starring in the film. I'll show you where to see it. Um, no, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. Oh, I do. You? I do. Trust me, I do. <laughs> <laughs> is there... Uh, just, just to kind of round up, I just, uh, I want to thank you. Um, and uh, is there anything else that you'd, you'd just like to add for the record? For this is the hardest question. Any, any thoughts that you would like to add? Anything you'd like to say? Just for people in Barnsley, still. For any, for anything at all. If you didn't know, or if you've forgotten your roots, and they are Barnsley, go back, dig them up and use them as part of your elbow because they will get you there thank you very much well it's been uh, inspirational talking to you oh bless you no it has thank you okay i'll finish the interview there <laughs>